The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Habsent Minded, the top 25, under 25 countdown continues with Anton Grasagord in Wales. Thank you, Anton, for joining me and oh, the th- listeners. Thank you for calling me. Yeah. And the listeners on this episode, you have written the profile for one of the guys today, but we're starting in the opposite end with um, Brett Stapley at yeah. number 20. And uh, I ranked him quite highly. Um, at number 15, along with Andrew, and we got Julian, Matt, and Stefan from the community that has ranked him at 32. He is doing the college route. Uh, he has two more years of eligibility. Uh, the question is if he can work on it or not. There are obviously some weaknesses. For me, I just bunched a group of players into tires and and this one, and then I just put them in a little bit like I, I thought. I think because um, uh, I, I put a bit of trust in him, thanks to the quote by uh, Trevor Timpson's and uh, Trevor Trimmons, that they think the world of him in, in the Montreal organization. Uh, he is an interesting player. We've got two more years. He's still a long shot. Let's be honest about this. Not everyone on this tw- top 25, under 25, will make the, the, the NHL and the Montreal Canadiens. But, but, he has worked really hard uh, on his game, and uh, he is at University of Denver. Uh, Mark Bergman, I've watched him a couple of times. It's it's an interesting player. It really is, uh, and he's a fast riser. He was uh, among the long shots uh, during his first year, which was obvious since he was a seventh-round pick, and no one really knew what to expect since he came from the British Columbia Hockey League. Uh, then he enrolled at University of Denver and quickly made a name for himself as a freshman with uh, 19 points in 32 games. And this last year, he became even more of a leader on the team um, and averaged almost a point per game. And this year, obviously, now that the NCAA starts up again, he will be called upon as as one of the elders of the squad. He will be a junior this season. And his uh, development has been nothing short of extraordinary because... As we see, as we've seen with Montreal, uh, Montreal scouting the last few years, they have had a good tendency of of drafting seventh rounders. It's all started with Jake Evans in 2014, and then we had Caden Primo three years later, and Britt Stapley as an overager in 2018. Um, obviously, as you say, there is nothing certain with a guy like Stapley. There were obviously flaws in his game which caused him to be passed over once and not selected ahead of well in the top 200 well top 190 picks in 2018 but still he's a playmaker um he really is and uh, as a playmaker and a smart kid I-, I think from a talent evaluating point of view i just think that 
if you're a smart guy uh, with your head in the right place and uh, you have certain skills that really stick out in Staples case is playmaking um, there is a lot more to be won from that than just being a raw athletic profile that will need to uh, to adapt to um, well just learning how to um, how to train right and, and all of that it feels like Stapley is a mature young man and uh, the way that he continues to evolve is is uh, promising for the future I can easily see him slot into Laval within the next two years and just take it from there and it will be interesting to follow him moving forward also we, we know from experience that Joel Bouchard is a great developer of talent uh, this is an obvious talent that he he would be able to work with in different areas uh, something that most prominently would would benefit him uh, he is again a, a long shot still to reach the nhl but he is there and and he's improving as you say all the time he mm. uh, is benefiting from a longer uh, road more or less than than most others uh, because Montreal has the um, Montreal has their his rights longer uh, more like a European player kind of kind of deal they have him for four years they can evaluate him throughout but yeah it's 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 yeah. a really interesting pick. Uh, and as as we've mentioned before on the podcast as well, like this was obviously a. Uh, something they thought about in this year's draft as well, uh, to try to um, get players into the system that you will have the the possibility to keep for a longer period of time. And I think a lot of that has to do with the next player we will talk about, Cam Hillis, and the way that he battled uh, Alan McShane and Cole Fonstadt for for a place for an entry level contract this year and you only had two years to make a decision on those three and maybe you would have liked to have another year of McShane another year of Fonstad and just see what they could develop into but you didn't uh, so you had to make a judgment call, a call after two years with a guy like Stapley if you only had two years for if we say that he was drafted in his first year of eligibility in 2017 and then you had to make a decision in 2019 if he was playing CHL hockey he would probably not have been offered an entry-level contract because he hadn't shown enough promise then but now the situation is completely different indeed it is and I think it, as, as you say the the fact that we've seen it they Montreal grabs players in the later rounds that they think has a long shot of developing uh, they're looking for certain things and we can see it with um, Stapley as well it's the stick handling he's a smart player he can uh, pass the puck um, quite well uh, to to open uh, teammates this this is something that you want you, you it seems like a really targeting smart players and and hope that they can learn more as they go along rather than this is a um there are certain areas that that montreal definitely looks at let's let's keep it at that yeah and and if we look at our talent guru um david saint louis what, what he wrote in the profile uh for stapley and and well he he's obviously the one who has kept the most track the, the most well kept the most track on on brit stapley as well 
um, we can see that what he needs to learn is to adapt to a higher pace. Um, I mean, it's one thing to to just skate in circles and and de deliver pretty passes at the NCAA level uh, or at the BCHL level for that matter. But to be able to do it at the AHL or NHL level, you have to just be even quicker in your mindset and be even quicker in your uh, in your thinking on the ice. Uh, but obviously he has been able to um, well up in this game when the when the surroundings became tougher in the NCAA. So hopefully he can do that once again when he gets to the AHL level. Um, because as you say, like smart guys, um, hopefully uh, they can just, um, yeah, be, be bright enough to just pick up their weaknesses a little bit so that they can adapt to a higher level of play. Yeah, and also like you, you think about it, um, he, he's learned the NCAA trade, he, he performed better last year, and now we really want to see him step up and, and dominate a little bit more, maybe in, in the NCAA, and, and not just be a passenger, uh, as, as you might expect from a seventh-round pick. But, but here we, we want to see him take the next step and be ready for the AHL this year or, or next if he chooses to stay another year at Denver. Uh, you already mentioned number number 19, uh, but Cam Hillis is, is a really interesting prospect as well. He is, he is. And he has obviously won a lot um, in the eyes of the uh, talent evaluators, evaluators in the Canadian organization already since he got his entry-level contract this year. Um, it wasn't something that was really expected a year ago. He battled injuries. And um, on last year's top 25 under 25, he was ranked below both Alan McShane and Cole Fonstad, who he ultimately, well, leapfrogged. Bested. And yeah, he did uh, for an entry-level contract after a career year in the OHL, uh, 83 points in 62 games, which is great. Um, but I, it's it's kind of the same question as we had um, on the last pod, when we were talking about uh, Sean Farrell, uh, whether he was being um, the driver for Brendan Brisson or Brendan Brisson was being the driver for, for Sean Farrell. And here is the same thing with Cam Hillis in Gulf Storm uh, and Pavel Gogolev, uh, who scored a lot of his goals off Hillis' passes. So that was a great partnership, but it will be interesting to see if Hillis can develop the same chemistry with some of the uh, wingers on the Laval Rocket team this year. Can he do it on a rainy night in Newcastle in January? That's what you're asking. Exactly. Or in Cardiff. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, looking at and he's supposed to start in Laval Rocket whenever that season uh, gets underway. Uh, but looking at it, UL Bouchard is a great developer of talent. He's done it before. He will look at it to do it again. Uh, we've seen Daniel Ouellette. We've seen Jake Evans. We've seen uh, Vedemo as well, to a certain degree. We've seen the, the success he has. And this will be very, very interesting to see if he can take um, Hillis to the next level as well. Yeah, especially I think that Hill is just as a talent. I think he is on a higher level than a guy like Jake Evans, which is obviously why Hillis was chosen in the third round in his draft year and 
Evans was chosen in the seventh round. Um, Hillis has a lot of, I mean, he's also a smart player, a great playmaker, and he's a leader. Um, so, so he has a lot of, he was the captain on the Gulf Storm uh, last year. So he has a lot of things going for him. And if he can take a top six role and a, well, a play driving center role on the Laval Rocket, this team, that would be impressive. Still, the problem is that something that we wouldn't have said two or three years ago, that Montreal Canadiens are actually quite thick in the middle. So it will be difficult for him to make the move into the Canadians lineup anytime soon. But the more alternatives you have at the center position, the better. If they don't end up making the team, you can always use them as trade bait. Indeed. And a guy like yeah, and a guy like Hillis, he's only twenty, so yeah, and and yeah. you 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 might not have him as a trade bait, but he can also be part of a bigger deal where where you can explore that situation and use him. Yeah. Then as but but I don't think you trade him uh, all alone. Um, his weakness is 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 um, something that um, stands out is he needs to adjust to a tougher league right now. This will be the main thing to look for this upcoming year. Can he really do that? Is he strong enough? Uh, can he adjust? I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the year slow and then builds into it for, for maybe having a very good year in, in, in uh, the following year. Um, because there is, he, he needs to be, think faster and really uh, be able to control the game at that pace. I'm not sure he can do that yet, but this is something uh, that we will need to watch. And obviously you have Scott Matla that follows the Laval Rocket quite uh, closely. We got Julian McKenzie and the other guys as well. So please uh, make sure to follow these guys and, and they're answering questions whenever whenever they can. And, and uh, it, it's interesting. We've eyes on the price and follow the Rocket or, or the AHL teams uh, for Canadians for a long time. And there's a lot of really, really good sources and knowledge there. Make sure to follow them. Uh, what what do you expect, Hillis, for this year? Yeah, I think a good comparison. As you said there, um, obviously it will be a different tempo and it will be a different level of competition. He was one of the stars uh, in the OHL, especially since he was two years removed from his draft year the last season or one or two years. Um, so now we will just be one among the, well, all of the young um, CHL stars who come into the AHL and try to make a name for themselves. And that is a completely different level of competition. Um, and we saw that with a guy like Josh Brook this year, who had high expectations coming into the year uh, since he had, well, just exploded onto the scene in the, he played in the WHL, right? Think so. I'm 99% um, sure, but I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not 100%. Yeah, but we still saw it. it took some time uh, for him to adjust, but at the end of the year, he played a much more secure game. And I think that he will be um, someone to look out for during the upcoming season in Laval, um, even when it comes to potential call ups and everything. And as you say, with Hillis, it's mainly the same thing. Uh, this year will be a learning experience for him. If he can develop into a top six role, as I said, that would be fantastic. But that is not something that I think Joel Bouchard is expecting from this year. 
It's just that he's going to take um, a role where he can just adapt to the higher tempo and and contribute with uh, the occasional assist or goal. Yeah, next time is, is, is a very interesting player. We are quite like it's a narrow span for the voting uh, somewhere around uh, 15 the, the most uh, there are some outliers obviously but i was the highest <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i was shocked to see i wasn't the lowest <laughs> yeah. but yeah i think Jan music is a is a good player i'm a little bit undecided on where he will play is it the center is it a wing i hear from people in czech republic that they are uncertain still he had a great year in ohl let's 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 start with that like he had a great year on uh, either Kaliev's wing uh, or, or or together with Antal Kaliev. Uh, but I mean, this is the problem is can he handle it? He, he was already playing in Extra Liga in, in Czech Republic, um, but he left because we know the development system is a little bit lagging in, in, in Czech Republic. Uh, they're not putting their youngsters out there to succeed much in the same way as maybe they do in Liga or, or in in SHL, but it's more of a traditional style. You gotta earn, you gotta work your way up the roster, etc. etc. But but when you look at uh, he left a tough league to go to an easier league, uh, which he benefited from. And right now he's playing in, in Litvinov in, in the Czech Extra Liga on the third line again as a winger. And this is really the conundrum for me. Is he gonna stay on the wing? Is he gonna leave from the center? You know, will he be able to handle the power play unit and and really lead it? He made a national team debut the other week, but it was also a very weak national team that was sent out from from the Czech Republic. Uh, so so yeah, there there is a lot of questions, but he's a really interesting prospect. I don't think it's much of a conundrum at all. When I wrote the profile on him this summer, I got the feeling that he will be a winger moving forward. Uh, maybe not if he plays in the OHL this season. He will kind of alternate probably with, between center and wing, whatever the Hamilton Bulldogs need him to do. But I think he's a winger, and I thought he was a winger when the Montreal when the Canadians drafted him as well. Uh, I uh, was thrilled when the Canadians drafted him. I was surprised that he fell so far down. There were a lot of people who had him as a late first round draft pick. And I, I don't know. I, I could have seen the potential of a fall in the draft for him if he had only played in the Czech Republic. Uh, because he had not exactly... Uh, been a star player in Litvin of last year. He had nine points in 20-something games before he went over to Hamilton and really lit it up with 25 points in 22 games. But the way that he came over to a new uh, continent, a new country, a new language, and a new a new league, and just adapted that quickly, it really, I, I think that was something uh, that really impressed me, at least, and I think many others as well. Uh, because as we talked about, when you change venue, whatever it is, as with Cam Hillis, for example, you expect there to be some kind of a teething period. But for Mishak, there really wasn't. Uh, he had 15 goals in 22 games. And that is for a guy who, yeah, uh, 
yeah, he was comp- competing for goals with Ar- Arthur Kaliev as well, um, probably the most prolific goal scorer in the OHL. But yeah, uh, Mishak is someone that, as I said, I was surprised when he falls, fell to number 48, and I'm super interested in following him moving forward. I think when we talk about as well, yeah, he didn't exactly light it up in the national team, and it was a weak national team and all that. Yeah, sure, but he's also only 18 years old. Yeah, I, I didn't mean that he didn't light it up. I didn't expect him to. I was more no, saying no, no. that uh, Czech Republic's no, no. on a weak team and, and we shouldn't yeah. maybe read too much into um, those two national um, team appearances. Um, what what I hear from Czech Republic, what I hear from, from David San Luis is a little bit that his creativity isn't there. He needs to be used, learn a little bit more of creativity can you do that in in Czech Republic, where where it might not be allowed to the same degree, uh, because of the traditionalists that that are still coaching there, or is it more that he just doesn't have it? For for me, that's the big asking point right now. Um, we also heard from from people that were close to uh, and and observed a lot of of the the practices in uh, the under twenty. Uh, Czech Republic's under-20 um, team uh, in preparation for the World Juniors that they had expected maybe to, to lead the second power play unit, but his creativity isn't there. And, and it begs to question, can he learn that? Can he get the confidence of exploring that area of himself? Or is this just something that he can't do? Maybe you just should make him the finishing guy instead of the setup man. Uh, because he he has he is uh, equipped with a with a blazing shot and he could use that much more. Uh, I think that because of the fact that he has played a lot of center in the past, uh, because he's in Czech Republic with a declining talent pool and everything, I understand why they put him there because he has been the most talented player on his junior teams naturally. But when he plays with more talented, more creative guys, I expect him to move permanently to the wing and be more of the finishing guy and a goal scorer. I, I've read a lot of comparisons between him and John Jason Paterka, um, the German guy who was selected early second round by Buffalo. Uh, and there are a lot of similarities. There, there are like they are first and foremost goal scorers and they should be treated as such yeah maybe and and uh, it, it is a as you mentioned the talent pool in the czech republic is a declining it's it's stuff like that that may be forcing player round players into square holes if, if you know what i mean uh, but it's it's an interesting and i think it will be very interesting to see does he when does the season start will he stay the whole season in in europe etc etc um will he go over uh, because in a couple of weeks two three weeks you will have to start quarantine in order to to join the world Junior uh, championship squad where obviously mishak will be the question is where will he play after the world juniors yeah Let's just hope that everything works out well and that we can get the, all of the CHL leagues up and running um, safely after New Year's sometime. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's all about just getting games, as we see from many of the players that Montreal has loaned out to uh, to Europe and also for 
as we saw today, uh, big news that Jacob Olofsson is being loaned out to. Yeah, it's not confirmed yet. I'm I'm waiting for for a confirmation from Jacob, but but it okay. seems very very likely because yeah. um, Tim Rice lost Isak Lundström and I forgot the other guy uh, mm. because they're being called back um, by their NHL teams. So it would make sense. Uh, he, Olofsson only had five shifts in in the last game. He needs to get playing, and and let's face it, the the bottom two teams of of. Uh, um, elite, uh, SHL is probably worse, actually, I think, than, than the top teams of Hockey Allsvenskan right now because of the influx of NHL players into Hockey Allsvenskan. And Jonathan uh, Dalian is, is playing fantastic in, in Timro, and I hope that uh, Jacob Olsson will get the chance to, to play there. Uh, Fredrik Andersson, his old coach, is still there. He would know that he, what, what he would get from, from Jacob um, and Jacob obviously needs a lot of confidence. Yeah, I think that's the problem right now. I understand as well. If you're a 20 year old who was, uh, um, you were awarded with the golden mask as a, the best junior in hockey Allsvenskan and everything went well for you. And then you came to Fuleftio and you were hoping to take that big next step. And that didn't happen. And all of a sudden, all of these other youngsters are starting to bloom and you're not among them you all you even get put on the wing instead of playing your usual position so at this point just getting some mojo back just getting the confidence back and doing that in your home environment we've seen what that has done with jonathan dalian um also a team low product he was over in the ahl and didn't exactly light it up in the ahl um there was also some problems in in regards to uh, how yeah. they treated him, from what I understand as well, and uh, I think he was traded from was it Canucks to to the Sharks, and and the Sharks yeah. really was like go back to Sweden, find yourself, we keep an eye on you, and just play with yeah. your heart, get get let hockey be fun again, and then we'll benefit from that. Exactly, and we saw him last year when he was back in hockey Allsvenskan. He had seventy-seven points in fifty-one games, and now he's on pace. He has two points per game, nine games, nineteen points. So. That is what can happen when you just take, well, one step back and try to just go back to what worked for you in the past. And we know what we see from Jonathan Dalian now is he is a much better player than he was two years ago when he was in, well, yeah, when he was in Utica and, and San Jose Barracuda in the AHL. So, yeah, let's hope for the same development for all of them. We've already spoken about Olofsson. It's one of the previous episodes. If you missed anyone, go back, listen to them. Uh, we were joined by Andrew Sadarnovsky the other day. We hope to get more of the other uh, writers and, and uh, uh, from Eyes on the Prize on. Uh, thank you again, Anton. I know you're going away uh, to Cardiff tomorrow, so please uh, have Fine a good time. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, let us know how it was because... I think Cardiff is a great city and I hope you enjoy it too. Uh, the other ones that has listened to all of us, to the two of us speaking for about 26 minutes, uh, yeah. have a good time, be safe, wear a mask and uh, please follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, on Ice on the Prize, whatever, we'll, we'll be there. We will read your, your questions, we will read your reviews. We're trying to improve as much as we can. So whatever you think is, is beneficial for us, know we will listen. Once again, thank you. <laughs>